Hard to believe. All right. Hey, Fish, we are live. We're going to be talking about hunting whales with Las Vegas's Captain Ahab, legendary casino host Steve Sear is the author of the book, Whale Hunting in the Desert. We're going to talk about gambling, high roller, and the new Las Vegas. Hardline has netted some big bets for you in the NBA Finals and the NHL playoffs. Heidi's Hollywood is binging a film made back in 2010 that was clairvoyant about today's social media and fish. I don't think Zuckerberg's going to like what we say. Schmuck of the Week is a politician who seems to make pronouncements out of anger, and who's got the swag is someone who turned her life around by shedding pounds thanks to an airline. Something fishy asks, what's in a name? And the grind explores why visiting teams have more fans than the home teams. And we also look at the complex controversy that could upset men's pro golf coming out of Saudi Arabia. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Daily Fish. John Daly here with Eric Snyder, a.k.a. Fish. We're coast to coast. Coming to you from Las Vegas, Myrtle Beach. We talk sports, entertainment, and everything in between in ways you just won't get anywhere else. Hey, and Fish, I got to tell you, Steve Sear, large influence on why Vegas is the way it is today. I'm looking forward to his insights. Yeah, and Heidi's whole thing about social media and how much it's it's all a part of our lives. Look at this. Look at this billboard in Las Vegas, John. It's great. Amber Heard. Amber, <laughs> we heard that you need to earn $10 million audition today. Little darlings, the strip clubs are all over this. And that's, you know, that that's the impact of this whole thing. It's crazy. I love wow. it. All right. That's great. Hey, folks, questions or comments, drop them in the chat box. Or if you're not watching us live, email us at dailyfish, the number one, dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, Fish, time now for the Daily Grind. First, imagine if the entire sports world was like Major League Baseball, no salary cap. What would it look like, Fish? Go. Well, it's crazy. You think about, well, the NBA kind of, they, they, you know, you get a LeBron, he gets his friends together, get a team. Durant gets a team together with the Nets. So the NBA kind of has that going on. They work it out. Football is the one that intrigues me the most because there's only one starting quarterback. But think about there's no salary cap. I'll make it quick. Think of the Miami Dolphins getting Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams to be with two of that. You'd see for the wide receivers and running backs and defensive linemen be a free-for-all. And, again, there's so many billionaires that the top five are Blank, Kraft, Jones, Snyder, Malcolm Glazer. They gobble up everybody, like the Dodgers. So it, it, it would concern me, but I, I, you know, I wish baseball had a salary cap. Yeah, I agree with you because you look at the Dodgers and they're just like, man, they're just stacked, even though, I mean, they're not running away with things, but they're they're doing really well. I think uh, if there was none in, in football, Tom Brady would have about six wide receivers that he could throw to. That's what they would get him as much as they could. So uh, anyway, so it could be interesting. All right, next, home field advantage. Is that a dinosaur? It seems that way in many sports. Fans are traveling to opposing stadiums. We're seeing it in, in the NHL playoffs where the New York Rangers fans have invaded earlier the Carolinas and now Florida. Fish, we've fleshed out a number of reasons. Go for it. Snowbirds. Okay. You know, Florida makes sense. A lot of New Yorkers live in New York, live in the Tampa area, so they're going to go. But the big thing that I'm, we're seeing that we didn't see when we were younger is when I go to a Raider game and I see 25, 30,000 fans from another team, a lot of season ticket holders in every stadium and every sport are selling their tickets to other people. All right. That and they, and they're paying it and best team. Say like Las Vegas, where you have all the the, the, the great accoutrements to a company going to a, a football game or, or any kind of event. So and, and the one thing that really thought of, I, when I thought about put we put this segment together, this piece for this for the grind. Thirty five thousand San Francisco fans were in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium for the NFC Championship game against the Rams. It, it's 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 here. It's something we're going to have to live with, John. 
Yeah, I, I think it is going to happen. It's you know, it, it's capitalism. Yet at the same time, too, it's exactly what you said off the uh, at at the start. You have a lot of Northerners who are living down south. So I think there's there's a couple of reasons there, and uh, you just hope that the home teams, when their teams get into the playoffs, they're there for them. <laughs> so exactly. anyway, all right. And finally, on the grind, pro golfers leaving the PGA for the Saudi-backed Live Golf Tour. Dustin Johnson is the latest and the biggest. The first of eight events in 2022 is this weekend in the UK. It will be seen on YouTube and Facebook. Fish, I'm not watching. How about you? Look, I don't want to be Stephen A. Smith and say I only watch golf when the brother makes the cut. But I only watch golf when the brother makes a cut. When it comes down to these kind of controversies, golf doesn't need any kind of controversy. They can't build their sport other on anyone else other than Tiger Woods. So I need you to go. You, golf is very dear to your heart. So I want you to go with your take on this. Okay. Well, I guess the question a lot of people ask, is this going to destroy golf? Uh, I, I think it's going to cause some chaos, but I don't think it's going to hurt the PGA in the long run. I mean, DJ, Dustin Johnson, you know, he's he's the biggest name so far. There are other names who have joined. Kevin Na, Louis Eustazen, Lee Westwood, uh, Charles Schwartzel, Graham McDowell, and Sergio Garcia. Na right now is the only young one who still who still has a chance to compete for every tournament. DJ, McDowell, and Sergio, they're at the end of their careers, and, and they're struggling. They did this strictly for money and less playing time. So they get more money. They don't have to play as much. Now, normally, I would say to them, hey, go for it. We need competition in golf. But here are my problems with some of the players like DJ. Two weeks ago, DJ pledged himself to the PGA. Then he completely switched. The other reason I'm a little pissed off at him is that the motivation of the Live Golf League, the Saudi Investment Fund, is funded by the Saudi monarchy with the clear aim to make the rest of the world forget about the atrocities and how horrible their society is. It has all the appearance of a corrupt dictatorship. Look at the murder of Washington Post reporter Jamal Khashoggi. Phil Mickelson actually said it out loud, even though he is apparently, we don't know yet, he is going to actually join them. So I don't fall on the side of the uber capitalist in the golf world here. But I guess the question is, can live succeed? I would say watch what happens in the next week and month. Watch what major tournaments do. Uh, will they ban live players from playing in the majors? Now, remember, the PGA does not control the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the British Open. If those tournaments allow players in the majors from live, then live will survive, I think, easily. My gut says that the Royal and Ancient and the USGA will side with the PGA. I don't know what Augusta is going to do so far. Go ahead. Well, I, I look at it this way. I go to football on this one, okay? The AFL, when we were younger, and NFL both succeeded, and they were competing against each other. The old USFL, when they had Steve Young and Reggie White and Herschel Walker and Doug Flutie, did great. It was a great league, and they were competing against players in the NFL. Do you think that this is sort of like – is that the same parameters? They're going to be competing for players? And you know the Saudis have an open checkbook. They're like, there's no salary cap. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I, th I think you're absolutely right. I Again, I do want to see competition. I think it's good that there's competition out there. I just don't like the way it's happening and there's some of the political factors surrounding it. And so you, you mentioned, too, also about, about the fans. Are the fans going to be a factor? I don't know that the fans are going to be a factor. So far, the events are only on YouTube and Facebook. So they're certainly not looking for media revenue yet. And they might not need to with all that Saudi money, as you mentioned before. So they'll be curious. Sounds like us. Sounds yep. like us. 
YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. Have some of the Saudi money, give it to me, Heidi, John, and you. You know, what the hell with the LA that live? What live? What live Tyler? What the hell is live? What does live stand for? I don't know. Um, you know what? what? I can't remember now. I can't remember. It's it's what? it's the it's the fund. Lucky, it's the fund lucky in the diners. What the hell is? It? I don't know what to live this. You know. <laughs> Move on. I'm an idiot. You would think I would. You would think I would have remembered that. All right. And I that. I don't know what that one. I don't even know what live stands for. You know. Yeah. I'll find out. Don't worry. And that is the Daily Grind. Again, the email is dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Love having you with us. Daily Fish is live on Facebook at daily.fish.5 on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Watch us also on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Check out Daily Fish on YouTube and Wingding TV and listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. All right, time now. For the Daily Fish Hardlines, John Hardison has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. Hardline, welcome back, buddy. Let's start with the NBA, all tied at one apiece. Has the momentum swung to Golden State, or is this just a great battle of coaching maneuvers? I think this is a, a great battle of coaching maneuvers. I like Udoka. I love what he's done with the Boston Celtics. I think he's a much better head coach than Brad Stevens was. And you've seen it with the different adjustments that he's been able to make over the last two games. But uh, I had Golden State and Boston splitting. I actually had Golden State winning game one, Boston winning game two. So after Boston took game one, I bet Golden State and it ended up working. Um, this was a, a, as some people say, get right game for Golden State. I call it this it had to be a, a statement at ass whooping game that Golden State had to come out and make to make everybody realize that, hey, you know, look, we haven't been around for maybe the last two years, but that was just because of injury and we're still as good as any other team that could come out of here. Uh, one thing that I noticed that Golden State did very well, they slowed down the pace of the game a little bit last night. Uh, look, those guys are a little bit older. They're 30, they're in their mid 30s. They can't run a gun like uh, like Boston could, you know, in their early 20s. So I think they're playing smarter, not harder. And uh, look, we, we finally saw with Jordan Poole, the Jordan Poole that we're waiting for. We finally got Gary Payton, the second back as well. And Steph Curry was Steph Curry. And if Steph Curry continues on this trajectory, he'll have a finals MVP on his wall to add to the collection of other trophies that he's got. Um, going into game three, I like Marcus Smart at plus 13 and a half points. I think that it's a get right game for him. Yeah, he didn't do so well in game two, but he did really well game one. And I also really like Draymond Green over six and a half assists. He's had seven one game. Five another. I think that he he moves the ball around, and as long as Draymond plays smart, uh, doesn't take any threes. Hopefully, God, hopefully not. He take any threes, and he doesn't get any official faces. He should be pretty good for that. Okay, and uh, I was going to say, what do you got for the game? I'm taking Golden State. I'm taking Golden State plus three and a half. Um, I I, and even you can even take a money line. I I like them. I know that they're not the favorite. I know Boss is the favorite, but I think they steal the first one on the road. You know, I, I don't know if you watched it. I did. I think, you know, I, I've always thought of Vander Kane's a goon. And he took out Kadri, their, their, their best player. Darcy Kemper, for the we're talking about hockey now, the Colorado Avalanche up 3-0 on the Edmonton Oilers, both, both Johns. And Darcy Kemper and Kadri are out. And I think the over-under on fights tonight, you're going to go old-time hockey night. The Avalanche, I've listened to every single uh, soundbite and blog. I'm into this. They're, they're on fire. They're so pissed off. That could affect them or not. What do you think? Do you think they close it out tonight? What do you, I mean, I, I, they're pissed off. I mean, yeah, Colorado, Colorado's going to get pissed off. They're going to say that they wouldn't pull that shit with Detroit, but you know, it's Edmonton. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know, I like Colorado, but I think tonight Edmonton gets one on the road. I, uh, I, I'm putting money on, I'm putting money on Edmonton tonight. I think they get one on, I get, think they get the one at home. 
Uh, but I think it's over in five games. I just think Colorado's a more physical team. I think they're a better team overall. Uh, I like Evander Kane being there. You know, look, that's one of the lost portions of hockey that we're missing is the goon. You know what I'm saying? You don't have necessarily a Mark Messier that's out there anymore that's just willing to go toe-to-toe and fight people. There's guys like Reeves that, you know, they'll get in their face, but you don't see a lot of, you know, a lot of hand-throwing like they used to. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I watched hockey when you were in diapers, and it was fighting. Now these guys like Tom Wilson and Kane are using sticks. They're dirty, all right? And in the old days, they took them out. You watch the Flyers back in the day. John don't know this. The Broad Street Bullies, you got taken out. You got a headlock, but it was all fight. It was all fist. Tom Wilson uses a stick. He was, ejected, uh, so he was suspended for eight months. The, and, and Kane's been suspended. When you use parts of the, uh, of the equipment as weapons, get the fuck out of the league. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, John. No, I, you know I, what? I, Look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hockey guy. Look, no, you know what? Look, I'm not I'm not going against you. I agree. You shouldn't have used the cane. But you know what? Look, I, I like the goon aspect, but there's a line that's drawn, and you usually know what it is when you go into it, and I think he crossed it on that part. But you know what? I, I like him in there. And look, they did a review. He got the one game, so he's going to serve his time. I mean, you know, that's that's up to the league to decide what it's going to be. It's not up to necessarily him or the team. So, you know, look, he he did he did what he had to do, and I think they get the uh, I think they get the win tonight. Sorry. What are you going we, with we on the bet? We, oh, we oh I'm going to. Uh, go ahead, John. I, I got a line, but you go. You get, I, I'm going Oilers plus 115. I, I, I like the Oilers tonight. We should ask Steve Sir when he comes on because he's a, the, the, the whale. If, if he ever gave Evander Kane a marker, you know, by the Evander Kane. <laughs> wow. So, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get that with you, John. I just don't. I think goons are good for the league. A fight. Use your fist. You know, so hey, fish, fish touched on this with with Kadri out. If the Avs win, how big a loss is that going to be? Uh, you know what? I I think it's a significant loss for them. I mean, you know, look, you're talking about a guy that was top 15 in goals in the postseason, top 20 in goals in the regular season. I think that that's huge. Uh, but I do think that if they hurry up and win in five, because it looks like Tampa Bay is probably going to go about seven games the way that they're going back and forth with the Rangers between six and seven. Uh, that time could be used to, you know, hopefully get him some extra rest time, hopefully get him to come back. And I mean, look, it's the Stanley Cup. I would have to believe, unless it's a medical professional or the team trainer, he's going to find a way to get back on the ice for the biggest game of his career. I have to believe that. Rangers there's, there's Island. No Rangers, Island. Ra- Rangers, Tampa Bay. Um, just give, give me the skinny. It, it's been a phenomenal series so far. Oh, I love it. You know what? Look, this yeah. is, you know, we we talked about this a few weeks ago, Fish. This is what the Golden Knights should have stayed the course with. And unfortunately, you know, they they turned tied. And now our ex-coach and Ray Reeves are in the Easter Conference Finals. And they're only, what, a two games away from making the Stanley Cup? So, I mean, they're yeah. right there. Uh, you know, right there. And it's, look, they're not backing down from Tampa Bay. They're, they're checking them. They're, you know, they're getting in their face. This is a great series. They're not allowing... Tampa Bay to just run on them as Tampa Bay is done with so many other people just playing faster, more aggressive. They're, they're matching them toe for toe. I like the Rangers. I really do. Um, it's hard to three P it, it really is. It's hard to go back to back. It's even harder to win three in a row. I like the Rangers. I think Tampa Bay will win the next game, but for the series, I'm taking the Rangers. I think that the Rangers just have that little extra edge that will push them to the Stanley cup. 
Interesting. We'll be watching it. And that is the Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison, the Cost of Winning podcast. You can find him here with us every week. He's also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. All right, Hardline. Thanks, buddy. We'll be watching him. Same here. See you guys next week. Cool. See you in the bar. Need a great golf getaway? The Myrtle Beach Golf Trail has dozens of courses along the Carolina coast. You can set up an entire trip for yourself, your family, or a bunch of friends. The site to go to is Myrtle Beach Golf Trail. Dot com. You can play there year-round. Now is an absolutely great time to play there. All right. Now it is time for something fishy. What stinks to you, fish? Uh-oh. This is, this is about what's in a name. When you and I were younger, Heidi was younger, our parents, they had names, real names. And you don't see – how many times you see – you go to a baby shower right now, and if the boy were naming him Herman or Ralph or Mordecai, or if it was a woman, you're going to name him Martha or Myrtle. It doesn't happen anymore. I have to card people as a bartender, all right, all the time. These are some of the names, and this is all genders and races. These are the names in the last two weeks that I've carded. Love Child is the name of a woman. Toe Jam is the name of a man. Listen to this one. Coaxial is the name on a guy's driver's license. I can imagine his dad's a mechanic. Booyah. This, the guy had to have Stuart Scott as a as an uncle. How about these? The, Celestial was this young lady that came in. Stargazer, and this is the best. I'm not kidding you. The first guy's name, the name was Howdy, and the middle name was Duty. Okay, Howdy Duty Daniel was his name. I mean, and the guy had the glass. He had the kind of glasses you put the tape in the middle. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> what people are naming their kids right now? It's it's just so nice when you see. Hey, I just had a kid named Sam. Okay. I named him Jeff, John, <laughs> Eric. What the hell's going on with names, John? Wow, wow. Well, and these had to be people from about 20, 30 years ago, too. They were naming these people, right? What, exactly. Have you ever heard? I got Heidi and I. Have you ever heard anyone that you know that's having a kid or a grandkid? Well, yeah, I'm having a grandkid. We're naming him Herman. Never, never. It's not happening. <laughs> I'm done. Right. It's fishy to me. It's fishy. We, we have Howdy Doody? I laughed yeah. my ass off. Is this a joke? Yeah. Can you imagine how he how he introduces himself at a job interview. Sounds like John. Sounds like John O'Hurley. <laughs> Let's move on. All Let's right. Get All right. And that is something fishy. All right. Still ahead, our schmuck of the week, along with who's got the swag, and our special guest Steve Sear, one of the biggest casino hosts in Las Vegas. He's also the author of the book. Whale hunting in the desert. All right. Time now for Heidi's Hollywood. She is Heidi Holliker, actor and producer who is deep in the entertainment scene for us. Heidi, you are binging The Social Network, a film about the start of Facebook. The film was made in 2010. Even more relevant today, though, huh? Definitely more relevant. Absolutely. It is, uh, by the way, Max, best name ever, Eric. Social Network, it, Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield. It is my grandpa's name, uh, favorite favorite boy name ever. It is so relevant. This this movie, I watched it for the third time yesterday, and it it plays better every time you see it, and it it just hits home so strongly because social media, which by the way, if every time I watch the news and entertainment, it's now you guys have probably noticed this. Everyone refers to it as social blah, 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 social. They're, they're dropping the media word. It's too, it takes too much time to say media, but oh, it wow. is, um, it, it, Facebook created, started the way that we communicate. 
And it is fantastic and dangerous and scary and exciting all at the same time. You know, we we're we're so we're so involved with checking Facebook on a regular basis that it's just it's just like check the news, check your email, check Facebook. It it's just what we do. And this particular movie it's streaming on Amazon Prime, Vudu, uh video video on demand, it's on um YouTube. If if you if anyone hasn't seen it, absolutely, absolutely watch this movie. It is um it it definitely uh I can't even say it was ahead of its time because Facebook started in 2004 by Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg and Eduardo Saverin and and a couple a couple other very important guys. And um it's changed our world. I mean, uh, kind of overnight. Look at the offshoots, Twitter, yeah. Instagram. Uh, also, I think some. Okay, and the one that really kills me, being the restaurant business, is Yelp. You and I. Oh Heidi, yeah. Heidi can go on her phone right now when she leaves her segment and said she was at a California. I don't want to mention name. She was at a restaurant and had bad service while she's doing the podcast, and people believe what they read. That's the dangers of social media. I don't think when Zuckerberg created. Facebook, you thought about that. It's a great way. I reconnected as John probably did and you did with many mm -hmm. people you've known in your past. That's the reason why I went on Facebook. Me okay. too. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, but the movie was Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal of Zuckerberg was brilliant. You know, brilliant. Talk about, uh, you know, everyone in the entertainment is a manager, social media presence. Talk about some of the star stars that did the positive influence and negative influence. Yeah. You, 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 uh, you, yeah. Um, very, very negative, uh, and it, it goes both ways. So one of the stars of, of this film, um, Army Hammer, who played the uh, Winklevoss twins, he was fantastic, big star, do, doing, uh, he did The Lone Ranger, he was just working nonstop, one of just beautiful, you know, gorgeous guy, really good actor, and um, social media, uh, destroyed his career what he said he stayed he said a lot of very harmful things about his point of view about women and 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 all kinds of things that i wouldn't i wouldn't want to even discuss but uh it it completely ruined his career destroyed it and that's that's really the the gist here that it will it your entire career can be destroyed overnight if you talk not, about Michael Richards. Talk about Michael Richards from Michael Richards. I'm sure that we've all seen that that video when he was doing stand up and a heckler oh. pissed him off and he went off on him on on a on a racist rant and overnight you know ruined his career. On Curb Your Enthusiasm, they actually touch on that when they do the the Seinfeld sort of Seinfeld reunion, but it um it it, you have to be so careful. And as a celebrity, if you're for celebrities, you have to have a social media manager. You have to have somebody that you have hired and you invest money in that is watching your back every single day. And, and it's just, I, it's as critical as your agent, your attorney, your business manager, right. your makeup artist. It is you you can destroy your career and then on the other hand you have amazing positive stuff like you said eric when we reconnected with our high school friends i mean how amazing has that been and 
and seeing what people are doing and the positive part. Celebrity-wise, uh, Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber are really good examples. Justin Bieber became famous. Um, I don't know if it was so much overnight or maybe it took two days, but he was found on YouTube. His mother posted YouTube videos of him, sing him singing and he has you know, he's certainly been around for quite a while now, but he has over 200 million followers. And those are people that buy his music and go to his concerts. And then you have- I want to bring in about YouTube. I just think about something, you know this, we all saw this band in the seventies called Journey. They're looking for a lead singer and they found a lead singer on YouTube from the Philippines. How cool is that? Brilliant. Brilliant. I'll give you another example. We have a person that's an alumni of the show named Lauren Francesca that does a show called sure. How Do You Start mm -hmm. with Brad Montgomery. She's just called the social influencer. She has tons of followers on YouTube, tons. And you you make a career. I'll give you a great example about how social media works. When we had the pandemic in my business, the bar business, right, and people are out of work and strippers are out of work, I would see a couple of strippers. I saw a stripper in the supermarket. How are you making money? Well, I opened a PayPal account, and I went on Zoom, which is social, and I went on other platforms. Yep. And, you know, other props like banana, use your imagination. You made money through social media without going into a strip club. It's That's invented. a great thing about social media. Yeah. I, I want to ask you one question. I don't think yeah. a lot of celebrities are on Facebook. I know a ton of them are on Twitter. There, you're right. There, there are you absolutely any, anyone in the media in any area has to be on Twitter. Um, right. As far as Facebook, they have Facebook pro. Facebook a presence, but they're not actually going on it. You can't, you, if there's someone famous that you, you admire, or you want to connect with, you'll never get, they'll never respond to you. They'll never accept your, your request. No. It doesn't work that way. Uh, but you're right. It is, it is. Um, yeah. It's, it's Twitter. Um, and um, oh, I'm sorry. Instagram, there's Instagram, Instagram Twitter, Snapchat. Yeah. Yep. on all this shit, yeah. you know, it's all of them. and you have crazy. to continually keep, keep your position up. You have to keep updating it and put interesting stuff out there. Oh, it's I've been in jail. I've been in jail before on Facebook. And <laughs> I think we all have. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I I, you know, I've been you know, I've given away all kinds of people's shit. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. it's good stuff. Good stuff, yeah. honey. Great. Yeah. All right. Heidi, good stuff tonight. All right. And folks, that is Heidi's Hollywood. She's with us every week. You can check her out on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> See you next week, Heidi. Thanks. Okay. And now it's time for our schmuck of the week. Fish, who's well, been let me schmuck? Get, yeah, yeah, I, gotta get, I always got to do this. They say people want oh, to yeah, get, get the schmuck of the week. Right? I got to okay, get that up there. Okay. I, need, right? I need a longer intro. I got to get, right. get the schmuck of the week. Look, look at the okay. look on this guy's face, John. Okay. Now, this, this guy is probably the leading contender, and I don't like to get political. It's going to come up again. The, the, our, my computer's kind of messing up a little bit. But get Steve in in a bit. This guy looks like you are on a plane when you have to use a bathroom. That's Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I don't want to mix government. I don't want to mix politics with the. But this guy pulled some shit I can't believe. He blocked state funding for a new Tampa Bay raised training facility because the baseball team spoke out against gun violence in the wake of the massacres in Evaldi and Buffalo on social media. There you go. Social media. A source filmer with internal conversations. I'm, come on, man. You know what? Don't, 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 don't ever use your power to take away anything from anyone in entertainment. Do you agree? Yep. No, I would agree with you 100%. And again, he kind of did it just on an executive uh, order. And uh, he could have the backing of the uh, legislature because he does have, uh, he has uh, a, a lot well, of. Well, he's got the backing of this guy. 
maybe sir maybe sir has seen this guy around but check out this john this is something because maybe sir is too young for this check out look at does ted cruz not look like grandpa that's one of the backers is, look at that i've these, never these seen guys that are running for the presidency in 2024 look at that you know wow i've never seen that one before wow that's interesting oh, i gotta do it again look at that i bet you i bet you ted cruz walks up to the podium and says uh Herman, Herman, where's that drink you're in? <laughs> hey, there you go, Herman, Herman Munster. Entertain right. Herman, people. All right, that's true. Where are we going now? That, that is the schmuck of the week. Let's go to who's got the swag. Who are we Love toasting? For? This is not a sports figure, but I saw this story, and and we're toasting a young lady Great that story. was on Alaska Airlines. This has happened on a lot of airlines. Right, her name is Ray Lynn. Okay, this is Ray Lynn Howard. She claimed Alaska Airlines gave her the boot because she was too fat and has drastically slimmed down going under the knife to shed hundreds of pounds. She weighed 420 pounds when she was removed from Alaska flight back in September, John. And since then, she's lost 181 pounds following a surgical procedure. And maybe she's going to fly over at the Little Darlings to be, to be a stripper. But, you know, I, I say a lot of credit there. I had a friend of mine and a friend of the show, we'll mention who it was, it was kicked off of Southwest Airlines. Thing. And it's not, it's not right, but you have to be able to sit in the seat. But if you could pull that kind of swag and lose that kind of weight, we're toasting you. All right. And that's who's got the swag. Now we got our drink of the week. We're going to toast with our drink of the week. And Fish, what are we sipping? The, probably the most common drink there is a vodka tonic. You know, at, at Chuck's Tavern, I probably make more vodka tonics. Now it's Tito's and tonic. Tito's is the big, big alcohol you're serving right now. And uh, I got to work tonight. So I'll drink water, John, because, you know, God forbid you have a drink before you go to work. I'll, you know? Yep. But you yep. drink I'll for me, buddy. You. And uh, vodka tonic in a line, baby. Put in the eyeball. That's it. Here's looking at you. It's also, it's a great summer drink. And it's also, it, it's, if you're watching your weight, it's, it's a really good drink to have. So let's, let's, let's toast to Steve Sear because probably a lot of his clients are drinking the tables right now. We'll definitely do that. Here's to Steve. We're going to bring Steve on in a second. There we go. All right. Hey, uh, I'll just to let you know, the uh, Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shucks Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shucks Tavern on North Durango in the northwest side of town where fish is overnight. You say Daily Fish podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shucks Tavern. You can check out Shucks Tavern on Facebook. All right, let's bring in our special guest. Steve Sear, he is the top casino super host in Las Vegas. His book is phenomenal. It's called Whale Hunt in the Deserts, Secrets of a Vegas Super Host. Steve is also an amateur boxer. Steve, welcome to Daily Fish. Man, thank you. Uh, one thing I didn't realize, so I don't have to worry about four-letter words. Fish throws out shit a lot, so that's cool. Okay. Well, so I'm, I'm, you know what, Steve? Good to see I've actually met you before. You were so gracious to me. One of your clients... Uh, at Barona at the Super Bowl in 2002 down in San Diego when Tampa played the uh, the Raiders. Oh my God. It's, my, it's my it's my wife's first cousin and I was staying with them and you were great. I watched the way you work a room, you know, that there was a private room there, John, down. He almost said Elway's down there and stuff like that. And Sears work in the room like he is he's like an MC. No, no, that's the best the event story. Shooter. I mean, oh my God. So all right, my ADD is really bad today, but okay, so I worked three years to get that one whale down and he brought Mr. Elway. And I like John Elway, he was cool, whatever. John Elway. And back then in that jurisdiction, I just get percentage of loss, right? So my guy is this is a true story, I swear to God. My guy is stuck two million. 
900,000. He's betting 50,000 a hand. I'm in the back. I'm spending the money. John Elway has 100,000 online. He's betting like 2,000 a hand, right? Just grind away. Didn't matter if he won 10 hands on a row. And so my whale is calling John the P word, like, come on, step it up. So I swear to God, I, I'm back there going, okay, I'm going to pay off this house and then do it. Because, you know, he two more hands, I make 300,000. It was front money. So I, I get paid like the next Monday. Oh, it's so funny that you bring this up. So he puts out 50,000. He gets an eight and a three. He doubles down. He wins the hand. Two hours later, he's out. He's uh, he, he gets a $4.4 million run, betting 100,000 a hand because he's pressing. Pays off the three hand markers, goes home with a million winner. I literally am throwing up in the trash can. And Elway, he, he starts saying, John, quit being a pussy. And he starts putting <laughs> on Elway's hand. Elway, even though he's winning too, because it's the tables win, the dealer just can't, you know, is busting every hand. Then Elway wins like 200 grand. I literally make zero. I worked on this guy for three years and it was unbelievable. But yeah, it was a great game. We had two sky boxes. So that's watching this guy work. Steve, watching you work, I mean, it's a Verona, John, is an Indian casino, and there's no booze, but you go downstairs to the private room, and there's all the whales down there, man. And this yeah. guy's working it and making sure, and I said, wow, what, this this guy, I swear to God, if this guy isn't on lithium by the time he's 60, he's going to be dead, because you had to well, work you know, I hope that you win in Nevada, because in Nevada, I get paid on theoretical. So if you win, if you win, you bet more, you play longer, hence more action. And so I had a guy the other about two weeks ago. I still rep uh, Viejas and Verona. I love him. So he wins like 400000 in Vegas. And, and I'd maxed out my commission. So I'd already made, you know, I couldn't make any more. And uh, he goes, what do you want to do tonight? And I go, let's go to Verona. So he goes to Verona. No, actually, we went to Viejas. He loses two hundred grand. I make 10%, 20 grand. Shakes my hand and said, God, I had a great time. Because he still went home with two hundred. So that was the dream. And I'm still doing it. God, uh, I started in 1986, and I've been a rep since '99 after getting fired again from the Hilton. So, so, uh, so, Steve, explain to folks maybe who 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 aren't aware of the inner workings okay. of the casino. Uh, Fish and I been in Vegas for so long. We we get what you do. Do you work? You don't work for the casinos now. Oh, you work so for the way. So you have two types of hosts for. 20 years and i still like the square jobs but I, i'm exclusive for clark county like i was at the palms before the close i'm a casino host so i help everything from your limo and your dinner reservations to fish wants a credit line and i'm kind of like a jerry Maguire. so you wouldn't go to divorce court without a good attorney if you're a guy that's going to blow 50 grand or more that's usually like my threshold of, of pain just because i'm a small staff i negotiate can fish split aces four times? Can he double down after a split? If he loses 100,000, does he get a discount? Yes, if he pays me on the way out the door. Is he going to get his airfare paid up front? Big players don't give a shit about the room. Yes, it's cool and all that. But, you know, I was Larry Flint's host when he was like, great guy. There's about 30 deal points. If he plays dice, does he get three, four, five times odds or double odds? I mean, I'm a 2.3 from UNLV, but I'm kind of Einstein on the games. I'm a games guy. <laughs> uh, on roulette, I have one lady player, and we always say, which ball do you want to use of mine? Does she want the small ball or the bigger ball on the wheel? And she wants a single zero roulette wheel. Because remember, it's not 50-50. There's two greens there. But everybody thinks, oh, it's 50-50, red, black. No, it's not. And there's 30 six numbers and two greens. There's 38 ways to win. But when you finally hit your mom's birthday, we only pay you 35 to one. It's all smoke and mirrors, you know, and we know mathematically if you sit there for so long, we should win. 
you don't have to lose to win, but you got to give me a shot at your money. So anyway, a casino host maintains the business. I'm what's called a licensed junket rep. So I had to go through the rectal exam by the great state of Nevada twice. And I, I've never been in trouble or arrested in my life. I'm a little bit of an orangutan because I've been fired nine times. But you know, it was 38000 I paid for them to go back and interview my high school in 1999. You know, And they were like, well, you didn't fill this out. I was 15 years ago. I was living with my parents. So I work for nine casinos and I earn on action. I only get paid for newer and active business. But again, I'm rare because I live in Vegas. Most reps are in Dallas or Florida. And if your mom's brother was a bookmaker, you're not getting licensed. It's a privilege. It's two grand just to file the paperwork, and I, which I like because it's hard to do what I do. And so I'm a travel agent for gamblers. You're freezing your ass off in New York. Hey, let's go down to the Bahamore or the Atlantis. Um, man, my wife, Vegas is too much TNA. Well, let's go to the Barona and play golf and take the kids to SeaWorld. Hey, man, I, I want to come with the boys. Okay, let's go to the Cosmo. You know, so wherever they want to go, I book them. And I lose 25% of my database every year, guys, because they're sick of gambling. They're broke or they're sick of Steve. The third one doesn't happen often, but it happens. <laughs> and so I'm constantly networking. And uh, I still love doing what I do, you know. Circa and Vegas is back and the NFL draft. I'm very event driven. You know, uh, COVID crushed my little company, of course. Uh, I have other stuff that I do, thank goodness. But um, yeah, Vegas is back and we're fun and we're still 20 years ahead of everybody. People are always like, I remember when um, I, I told my mom, I'm not going to take the Marriott training program in Omaha, Nebraska and come back and run the Howard Johnson Motel in Salina, <laughs> Kansas. Thank God. I want to try this casino host thing. And she's like, Stephen. She goes, the only other place you can even get a job is New Jersey, young man. And I know you hate the cold. Now, mom, the only place I can't work is Utah and Hawaii. Yeah. I got lucky, right? I, I didn't know. I picked an industry like marijuana. You might hate it, but it's coming. Sports betting. Come on. We were the only ones. Now, it's coming. And so now hosts work for FanDuel. And, you know, th there's ancillary stuff there. So I picked a business where gambling is accepted now. I mean, who thought we could go to the Raider game on our phone and bet the game? legally so anyway yeah. i rambled but but that's what i do I, I i'm in the gaming business oh. i love it it's very exciting um you know i get to meet my players on the weekend i'm here on friday and then they hate me on sunday because they you know most of my players like all of us they need to break even and then two hours before the limo takes them back there if they win because if they win friday night oh i'm up 20 grand they're trying to win 30 and you know what happens they're writing me a check on sunday so greed is good <laughs> This guy daily would make a great, I'm in the bar business, make a great bartender, Steve, sir, because you, uh, your biggest attribute is you know how to read. If you have five clients that are in a room together, one's playing blackjack in a casino, roulette, $100,000 hands, you got to read their minds. Does this guy want to go to a Raider game and sit in a suite, you know, courtesy of us and get the car there? You got to do every, you have to, to explain to everyone that you have to read everyone's, every one of your players' minds and know what they like. And know how to appease them when they've lost a million dollars. Well, yeah, because you can gamble in a lot of places, at home in San Diego. And, you know, when my parents used to get off the plane from Kansas, what would they do? They would play the slot machines at McCarran Airport. When, now they play in Wichita. You know what I mean? So, so why come to Vegas? Because of the adult nightlife, because of all the great restaurants. Because, I'm telling you, we're becoming the sports capital. I don't know if we're ever going to get a baseball or NBA team, but man, I love, I'd never been to a hockey game before. So I know guys that, you know, they can only maybe afford to go to a couple away games. 
And so instead of going to Denver, if you're a Chief fan, you're coming to Vegas. And so I try to plan their trip for them, but it's based on how much you're going to put in the cage. I need four hours of play at this amount of hand. And, you know, and, and we do the math. But you're right. I, um, I have to keep the casino happy because they don't want the guy to come in and win half a million and stiff us and take the promo chips and all the perks and the, and the private plane. And I got to keep the player happy. And I'm a good juggler. Um, I've learned to become patient. I mean, I have been really fired nine times because I tell people to eat shit. You know, I have to rely on everybody. The limo driver went at 10 a.m. No, it's 10 p.m. The front desk clerk checked him into the wrong suite. You know, they lost the Celine Dion tickets. No, he's supposed to be in the meet and greet. He's supposed to meet Celine. You know, so I, I kind of like that chaos because I'm, I'm not going to cure cancer and I'm not the book smart guy, but I'm the people guy. And I can tell you no. And if you owe money, you know, no. in our state and we are going to dump the markers. And you will. I had a girl that owed four grand. True story. Last month. I said, Mrs. D, please just send me a grand, something. Oh, I'll get to it. After six months, those markers are stale. And in the great state of Nevada, we recognize gaming debts. In California, all they can do is drive your TRW. In Nevada, she had her four-year-old in the back in a car seat. She's speeding. Boo! Bench worn out in Nevada. Kid goes to child protective custody. It's a Friday. She sits in uh, L.A. County Jail. Then has to sit on a bus three days later to Nevada to get in front of a judge and pay an extra 10% to RDA, 4400 bucks. Now their kid's been in child protective custody for a week, over four grand. So in Nevada, it's a very – we have a whole check fraud division, you know, wow. at, at, uh, down at Gaming Control Board. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I love the business, man, and I love our town, and I haven't gone back. I moved here in 83. I've lived two places, Salina, Kansas, and Las Vegas. And Mr. Wow. D, I didn't know – man, I, I I watch this all the time, man, Daily Fish. It's cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're with us here. Uh, Steve, talk about – the the difference um, in your book, you talk about the changes. Uh, you know, you used to, you know, the whales you had were old white guys over 70. Now they're some of the young high tech guys who are pulling in millions. Uh, how has it changed? Has it, has it changed dramatically over the last yeah. 10 years? So, so two things. One, when I was in my heyday at the Hilton for a decade, I actually lasted 10 years there. My department, casino marketing, was almost 80% of the bottom line. So if our EBITDA was 50 million, 80% of that was going to be casino. Now, my department, okay, it's a third hotel and conventions because we figured out we got to do something Sunday through Thursday. It's a third nightlife and entertainment and a third casino. My department isn't the big fish anymore, okay? And back then, oh, you're just a slot player? Oh, no, fish, you wait in line over there. This is for table players. And they were all men. I didn't have women high rollers. Now I have a bunch. And the hosts were men. And I was the grunt. I was 22 at Caesars and the youngest, by the youngest by 30 years, all the other hosts were 52. But I would hustle on Graveyard. And that's how I met my players. And I was a telemarketer. So I would call people, which was a sin. But I like calling. So now, you're right. My whales now, I have more. Think of this. I have more $100,000 players. That means you're going to risk $100,000 on a weekend under 45 than over 45 even 15 years ago my average player was 62 and i don't have thousands of players i have about 70 guys there's only 52 weeks in a year but 70 guys that'll risk 25 grand to 100 grand on a weekend and then i have 11 guys that'll risk half a million to two million and i have two guys will bring five or ten million thank god and they're wonderful (laughs) but uh 
So, you know, uh, in the book, I talk about, by the way, I didn't write the book. My grammar's too poor. I do split the one. Deke Castleman followed me for three years. And so great. The first edition came out. Uh, Anthony Curtis that owns the Las Vegas Advisor. I don't know if you know him. He's a great guy. Super yeah, sharp. Yeah. I love Anthony, but he can't play blackjack. Anthony, you got to play craps. Because he's <laughs> missing <laughs> Okay, I love you, brother, but no. So, um, you know, the first edition came out, like, whatever. And then, you know, Monte Williams and Piers Morgan. The book has been so cool. And it's like, why did you write it? Now it's the third edition, paperback. A little shameless plug here, if you can see it. Um, oh yeah! Oh yeah, yeah! 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 Show it! Show it, Steve! Yeah. Third yeah, is required. Yeah, show it on that. I want to see it. Yeah. Third awesome. edition is required reading at Cornell, where I got rejected. I get to speak there every year. And NYU's <laughs> master's degree students. I know they fly here. They have to read the book, and you know, I, I take them to Sapphire, and I'm like, you have no idea how they make money. You have 400 girls. It'd be like a blackjack dealer saying, "Here's 120 dollars. Don't pay me benefits. I'm going to work for tips." Sapphire is 400 girls on a Friday, Saturday, giving them $120 to work at the back door. They're, they're entertainers license. They're not an employee to work for tips. They're making 40 grand from the back door before they sell a $12 Corona. I mean, anyway, so I try to show them the ins and outs of Vegas. And so the book's been really cool. Um, I do this thing for the New York Post called Professional Confessional. So I mean, I've had a fun ride and I, I'm still on it. You know, I'm, uh, I just, uh, our town's grown so much. And uh, well, John, you've seen it. I mean, you know, it, it's crazy, right? And I don't think, we're, but now, man, uh, homes are high, and yeah, I'd like to sell, but where do I go? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's nuts. I think we all always were a little undervalued in Vegas. All my neighbors are from New York and San Francisco, and they got out. So anyway, okay. So to answer your question, my ADD is bad. I'm sorry. Yes, my whales now are going to be broke before they're fifty. I'm just saying a third of my customers are so rich, you know, like when Larry was alive, who cares if they win or lose? The other third are the funnest, but they should not be here. And those are my young ones now. They're gambling above their means. They're spending a lot more and they're not saving shit, but they think they're going to do the next crypto thing and, and I'm going to burn them out. Then the other third, as their age and wealth increases, their gaming increases. It's so accepted now. They bet on FanDuel home. And they go to their Indian reservation casino. And then I want to try Vegas. I saw a stat the other day, 44% of adults, 21 to 56, have been to Vegas zero times. Can that really? be true? I mean, that I means know. almost half the country's never been to Vegas. And I'm, I see it all the time. A, a player will bring up, never been to Vegas. Really? Nope. Never been to Vegas. No. So, so I think we're still going to have a lot of growth. And, and people are worried, well, all these other states hurt us now because mom and dad tried it in Barona. And instead of going to Hawaii, they want to come to Vegas and watch the Raiders. That's why it doesn't matter if they win one game a year. I hope we won the Super Bowl. But even if they only win one game a year, it's always going to be full because people want to come to Vegas to watch their team. That's why I did so good on the draft because every team was there. I wish we could do the draft every year. Right. Me too. Right. You know, yeah. John, John, there's way. Yeah. I've been, I've been here 30 years almost, Steve. So I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you as far as uh, the growth of this town, but in this town, there's Wayne Newton, Siegfried and Roy and Steve Sear. I know so many people that have known this guy and read his book. We're all proud of you, man, because you're, uh, real, you're in the dirt. You're a grunt. No one's going to ever, ever think of you as a sensitivity, sensitivity trainer in Cleveland, man. You've yeah. got it. 
You 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 can open any barn. I'm not kissing your ass. I'm just trying to get John someone to help John pay off his marker. You know, he's, <laughs> he and the band and Charles Walker are hanging out too much together. So yeah, now seriously, when you guys go out, do you play like I play little craps? I have twenty five hundred dollar credit lines and I run on there. If you ever give me more, I'm not paying it. I don't care what's in I never play. That's my touch. I'll, I'll take a grant, two grand, but and sometimes I like to play, but I see it so much, you know, and I do like to bet sports. There's nothing better than I don't even really like hockey, but I'll bet 500 bucks and then go watch the Vegas Golden Knight game. That to me is fun. So do you yeah. gamble, John? Uh, I I don't really that much. I mean, I, I'll gamble on uh, uh, sporting events more okay. than anything else. Uh, when I live there, I just, I, you know, eh, I play the slats, I'd play at some tables, but for the most part, that wasn't me. I was more into March Madness. March Madness was almost 99% of my betting when I was there. Fish, how about you? Never. A lot, big, <laughs> a lot of sports, but I got a big prop bet right now. Huge money, Steve, on yeah. the Orioles winning over 60 games this year. I'm a big prop bet guy. Wait, when wait. the prop bet oh. off of the Super go ahead. Orioles over 60 games? Yeah, that, that's what oh, I got. So and the I top? think they have 21, 21 I, I laid, I laid a, um, I'm on my wife's watching this, but you know. She, <laughs> All right. I laid a I'll lot of money you. on that. Yeah. So no, I, I, I like prop bets. I'm a prop bet guy. And I'm, I'm in the bar business. You know, all the bars here have video poker machines. So do I go out, you know, and visit other bartenders and stuff in this town? Never. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm a part of the I'm a part of the culture of this town. And when I heard of your name, you were so gracious. I wasn't. I was hanging out with one of your big clients. I won't mention names. Maybe after we get, you know, when I get hold of you. But you were so gracious to me. What bar do you work at? I worked at Oasis Bar and Grill on Rainbow and Cheyenne. Remember that place? Oh yeah, I know that bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and you knew it, and you probably I probably served you. But you know, we you and I were here in the heyday of this town. So was John, and we're trying to educate people how great it is. Now you tell me everyone 21, 44% of people 21 to 56 haven't come here. Uh, wow. That's, that's a huge stat, Steve. Huge. Uh, you know, my favorite watering hole is still on West Charleston. It's called the tap house. Home of yeah. the sure. Oh yeah. I'm not Big a Cleveland Browns bar. Yeah. yeah. Me and Bobby. Yeah. I've been going yeah, to the tap sure. house for 30. The wings are crazy good. I get them all the time. And they put me in trays of a hundred and uh, yeah, I love that bar. Well, you got wow. to come up here, buddy, because that's where I'm at. It's called Chuck's Tavern. We got that. Uh, no, I've been yeah, there. You're comp. Because uh, I, I, live, I live close to Chuck's. I live in Spanish Trail. So a little well, further we north. Have, I don't want to get I don't want to get into a thing, but we have one on Flamingo and Fort Apache, which is close yeah. to you. Let, yeah, let, me, let, let me know when you go there, okay? I'll get your marker. <laughs> what, why do I think Mr. Black used to own that? He did. He did. He, he did. Part okay. Okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. No, no, I like video poker. I like video poker. I, I like a new bar called Whiskey, W-S-K-Y, too. Oh. That's Where's brand that? new. Just, just over it. uh, It's on, on the west side. Yeah, really cool decor. I'm a whiskey guy, but it's a video Ooh. poker bar. But they made it really nice with booze. Almost looks a little nightclubish. And um, have you ever been to Myron's at the Smith Center? It's a little speakeasy that seats 200 people. And they have great – I just saw oh. Judith Hill there. I have no. not, but I heard about how good it is. Yeah, and yes. then, of course, Monday nights, I can't go tonight because I, I'm sparring. One of my guys has a fight coming up. Um, I fought in March, by the way, and won. But uh, 
Uh, it's called Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns. They're at the Copa Room at Bootlegger, and that's Jerry Lopez. And like the the horn section is Celine Dion's, and then it's Santana's Congo Players. It's kind of like a funky Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's the greatest lounge act ever, ever. Wow! So All right, we're gonna definitely that. try that. And Steve, then we're, Steve, we're gonna be short on time, but we're okay. gonna have you. We gotta have you back again. Talk about your boxing career because you're an amateur yeah. boxer. You're very successful. Yeah, so when I uh, I'm 58, and so when I was 43, I was at Dana White's gym, and my one of my best friends is Derek Harmon, uh, who lost. He was ranked number two in the world. He lost to Roy Jones Jr. Um, you know, I started fighting in smoker fights. I just I wanted to you know really spar and and do it, and, and I was okay. And then we figured out that the oldest Nevada amateur boxer to ever win was 43 years old. So I broke the record and retired. And, you know, wow. 38 fights later, um, I just won and I'm 58. I also fight in Masters Elite competitions around the country. I've gone to Arizona, Colorado, California. And uh, to be a master fighter, you have to be over 35. And I'm a novelty. So that always put me on. I fought at Brooklyn Bowl. I fought on Fremont Street, the Cosmopolitan, the Hard Rock 10 times. And um, so I'm right now currently the over 50 national champion. And in my last tournament, there were 30 fighters over 60 from all over the country. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, I like that. That's losing the weight, but I do it. it are helps. you cool with the boxing? Because we, you, yeah, obviously, you're 58, so you're in our age group. Are you cool with the, the path that boxing is going right now? Or do you see Dana White and UFC completely taking over that genre? Uh, I see... I see Dana White taking over that genre just because he, here's, here's the difference for me and what I do as a casino host. When there's a big, and I love Floyd Mayweather and I love big fights. When there's a big fight, all my customers ask the same question. What time's the main event? When a UFC is in town, it's different. When do the doors open? Even if the main event sucks and they spend a thousand dollars on a ticket, they don't care because they knew so-and-so. Dana's done such a good job of marketing all the other little guys. Cause you saw them on the ultimate fighter or one of Dana's shows. And so, you know, there's just so many popular fighters. He's so good about promoting the person other than the brand, you know. So you, you knew the Conor McGregor and Nick Diaz and Randy Couture. And, you know, you just he did such a good job of, of marketing them on the TV shows and stuff. Dana, that's yeah, a smart guy. Yeah, All right. Sure so there's there's so many things that we, we need to talk to. One, we're going to talk to you, bring you back, talk about UNLV. And how to get them back to where they were? We definitely want to. The reason I wore this is, uh, guys, how do we not have we, that facility? Is amazing. You've been. How do does you want to be not have a ranked football team? Do we need a coach? I don't know the answer. That's why I wore this to ask you that question. Well, we're we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk with you about it because we'll we'll do some extra research. But I, I'm the same way too. I don't know how the basketball team isn't up in the uh, top twenty either, as well. So. But uh, the fact you had that on, and I know you're in, in 1990 and 91, there were Shashevsky and Tarkanian. We lost yep. Tarkanian. What did our program do? Shashevsky never went down. I mean, we've got to get the coach. Yeah. Yeah. We need somebody like that. All right. Hey, we've been talking to Steve Sear, the top casino super host in Las Vegas. His book is phenomenal. It's called The Whale Hunt in the Desert Secrets of a Vegas Superhost. And really quick, who came up with that title? Okay. Uh, do you guys ever watch Seinfeld? <laughs> oh, Hurley's no. been on. Oh, oh Hurley's been on. Know, John O'Hurley, one hundred percent. I I wrote a treatment on Big Chief Tablet. This is the book story in a nutshell because my grammar's poor, and I I mailed a copy to myself, poor man's copyright, and I mailed one to Random House Crickets. 
It's 2002. I'm at the Hard Rock, four in the morning. I'm totally shit faced with John O'Hurley because I'm his host, right? And O'Hurley, it's on my desk, and he picks it up and starts reading it. He goes, Does this really happen? You got your leads out of the dumpster? I go, Yeah, public domain, da da da. And then I called players. That's how I got my first whale. And he's like, Well, what's Salina? And I go, Salina, Kansas, where I'm from. No one gives a shit about Salina. He goes, What do you call your big players? I go, High Rollers. And I go, he goes, no, no, like, like your million dollar players. I go, whales? And he goes, resubmit it, call a whale on the desert. Book deal. <laughs> At random house called Anthony Curtis, boom, we cut a deal. Uh, the guy that wrote Comp City, Max Rubin. Uh, I mean, all of a sudden, boom, next thing you know, I'm literally on the Monta Williams show, and he holds up the book, and we sell like 4,000 copies that hour, and that was edition one. See, and that's why we have O'Hurley on the show, because he's going to sell our show, too. Dan, I'm telling you, and, you know, Dancing with the Stars, he's a great guy. I'm his casino host, too. You know, he's he's a player. He'll fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's good. You know that John was my, he was my college roommate. No, I did not know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. John and I, we go we go back over almost 50 years now. So, yeah. You know, so he, he, was, does, he does one of the top five sporting shows all year, the dog show, right? I looked that up. Absolutely. That thing is unbelievable. Absolutely. Well, I all love right. him. And he's been really good to me. He's a really cool guy. When he was in spam a lot, always, you know, comps. Oh, yeah, we go out all the time. I love John. That's, I didn't know you were his roommate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it. All right. Hey, Steve, thank you so much. Again, the book is called Whale Hunt in the Desert, Secrets of a Vegas Superhost. Steve, we're going to have you on again. Thank you so much, buddy. Great interview. We had a fun time. If if you ever want to get contact me, because I try to talk to everybody, steve at stevesear.com. C-Y-R. I I try to answer every email. I have a girl that helps me. And if you're in town, you want a book, the answer is yes. You know, so. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care of you, Steve, in the restaurant. Thanks, man. All right. All right. Coming up, Fish and I are going to wrap things up, give you a sneak peek for next week. First, we want you to check out Hope for the Warriors. They have a big celebrity golf event coming up August 27th to the 29th. It's going to be in Wallace, North Carolina. That's near Wilmington. And Fish and I were planning on being there. Hope for the Warriors works with our military warriors who were wounded. They get them healthy so they're part of their families and their community. It's a great charity. It's a great event. Hope to see you there. That is hopeforthewarriors.org. Check them out. Folks, thanks for being with us. Remember, Daily Fish is live from Vegas and Myrtle Beach on Mondays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5, plus the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Catch us on YouTube and Wingding TV. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Oh, my God. Steve Sear was so much fun. Was it? Isn't he fabulous? You think I'm wound up? Yeah, great guy. <laughs> I met him. He just said... Who is, your, who is your whale? I'll tell them. But hey, before we get out of here, we got about a minute to go. We like to talk about great things that our alumni have done. Okay? And we talk about Eric Mathis and the Macabre. Look at this. Michael yeah. Shapiro is on the show twice. There's his June 23rd. I'll be there. I wish yeah. you could get John out there for that. That's his Reckless in Las Vegas billboard. He's got a residency at the great, great icon, Sahara Hotel. Congratulations, Michael, from Daily Fish. Um, we love you. Absolutely. So excited for him. Absolutely looking forward to it. And of course, hopefully you'll get some video for it. We can pop it on the show. Hey, Fish, next week we're scheduled to have actress Romy Rosemont. She's uh, in a ton of films, also TV shows, including Glee. So uh, she's scheduled to be on. I know she's on a shoot now, so but we're scheduling to have her on there. So uh, looking forward to next week, buddy.
Me too, buddy. It was a great show. Uh, that 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 social media thing with Heidi was fantastic. I I I can't believe how much social media has invaded our lives, and we always talk about it. You know. Yeah. Look at yeah. your phone. You on? How many times you go on YouTube or Twitter a day, John? Oh, uh, I go once a week, maybe. That's about it. So. <laughs> oh my great God, show, I got this here. All right, pal. Yeah. Hey, Good. we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for tuning in again. We'll check you next week and uh, look for the daily fish hook in case we do one later in the week. Thanks, guys. Love all you. Everyone be safe and healthy.